The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend, indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. Shut your mouth She said 
tune, huh? Yeah. Well, now, you know, as always, I yeah, will here say, we go. Here we know, go. Every every David Bowie <laughs> tune is a ten on the tasty scale, and it is a gem. You know. Yeah, and I like that tune, uh, of course, off of uh, I think it was 1983's Less, Less Dance. Dance. Yeah, which was Bowie's huge, huge blow up. Huge. I'm a global superstar now. Album, and ironically, the second cassette. I ever purchased. Really? Yes, indeed. Ah, cassette. You're dating yourself on that one. <laughs> yeah, completely. And uh, it should be pointed out, you know, <laughs> it should be pointed out that that was in fact an Iggy Pop tune. True. Uh, True. It originally appeared on Iggy's uh, "The Idiot" album, which was part of the whole, you know, German experience that Eddie or uh, Iggy and uh, and David mm-hmm. David went through. David produced "The Idiot." And then, obviously, he had designs on this particular song. And in the issue of uh, transparency, we did listen to both. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, no, give me, give me, give me Bowie's version. Well, yeah, it, as always, Iggy's version is a little more obscure, a yes. little bit more very bizarre. Yeah, very yeah. Iggy-like. You know, and you gotta wonder what what was it about the song that David, you know, eyeballed and said, "I can take this tune, and I can do something with it. I can blow it up." And it's, I mean, if you're Iggy Pop, you're happy because you're you're getting the you know the royalty check, right? Right. You know, I'll but, tell you in a word, it's it's David Bowie's uh, sensuality and his voice yeah. that allowed him to pull it off. He had a really good sense of pop culture in yep. the early '80s. That's the only thing that could have blasted less dance, you know, into the stratosphere like it yep. did. And I mean, he had players on that album. Stevie Ray Vaughan played on yep. that album, yep. and uh, and yeah, every, you know, that was really when David's talent kicked in right you know and again that's when he became a global superstar yeah. as a matter of fact that was my first major concert was seeing bowie on the let's dance tour and that's uh, a good first major he concert was, to see yeah and he was phenomenal his band was phenomenal right. i mean everything I mean, about, about it, was it. Amazing. at that point he was having fun he had nothing left to prove he yeah. already that if he never recorded another thing ever he was already a legend yeah yeah he was an icon. and he was having fun in the 80s like everybody should have had fun in the 80s <laughs> you know good lord <laughs> But as always, as uh-huh. always, John, we had a little agenda yes. in that song. And I, I would like everyone to know that to your credit, yeah, I'm going to tell them this. <laughs> I, I, I was voting for Turning Japanese by the Vapors. Oh, God. And uh, Michael I talked Shawn him out Lee, of it, Yes, folks. he held I, up I, his I, hand I, in a Moses-like fashion and I, said, I waved him no. off. I waved him off. <laughs> oh, don't hit back. Wrong message. Yeah, which is which is cool. Every once in a while, Johnny will listen to me. Every once, Every once in a while. while. Now good know? for six months again. And he will accede to the idea that, or accede, what is the word I'm looking for? You were for? right first time. Accede, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> to the idea that, yeah, we don't want to go there. <laughs> and you were kind of right. I mean, it would have been a hell of a lot more fun, really. <laughs> But every now and again, I subscribe to that. There's no such thing as bad PR. This is also Which true. really is a train wreck philosophy. <laughs> it can be. So what makes you uh, want to go with that, Jen? And what's our opening topic, sir? Uh, well, obviously, we want to touch on a topic right now that's hot in the news and should be. It's something that people should focus on. Asian hate crime. Mm. And big picture, uh, big picture on this particular topic, uh, how we, you know, in this country tend to demonize certain demographics for things that really they're not accountable for. Right, right. Um, in the case of, you know, Asian hate crime, of course, this has a lot to do with the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, well, uh, we could definitely and accurately attribute the virus as coming out of China. Um, the idea that we hold Asian Americans uh, responsible for this it's is ridiculous. absolutely absurd. Yeah. Absolutely absurd. 
Uh, there's an organization out there called Stop AAPI Hate. Um, AAPI is Asian American Pacific Islanders. Mm-hmm. Um, they were formed in 2020 in response to racist attacks on Asian Americans that mm, coincidentally coincided with the rise of the coronavirus. Huh. And uh, according to this organization, from March 19 uh, of 2020 to December 31 of 2020, there were over 2,800 uh, firsthand reports of anti-Asian hate incidents in 47 states and the District of Columbia. And what's really disturbing and shows what fucking cowards these people are uh, for pulling this kind of shit, just over 7% of these uh, reports were uh, assaults on elderly Asians. Uh, elderly Asians were the victims. And, uh, and what the fuck is wrong with people? It, it, it makes you wonder. I mean, you know, for what, what angle do we even attack this from, you know? One wonders. One truly wonders. I mean, this, this country, like you said in, in the beginning, we have a habit here. And this is coming from somebody who absolutely abhors the way people bandy about the phrase these days of systematic racism in this yep. country. Yep. I think it's more like ingrained racism. And a lot of it has to do with, with stereotypes. Yeah. And this country has a long history of blaming the actions of a few on the many. Message! Yeah, or the actions of a foreign country. Right. Um, of which the people living in this country have nothing to do with it. Nothing. And we hold them accountable and we hold them responsible and subsequently abuse these people. Right. And you can go back through the history of this country. Um, I mean, look at, look at the Japanese internment camps in yeah. World War II. Yep. A knee-jerk reaction... Because it was so easy, at least back then, for them to say, those people are Japanese. But you and I both know there was probably folks from, from China mixed in there. Oh, absolutely. Korea, the Philippines. If you had slanted eyes, they put you in a camp, stripped you of your belongings, basically. Yeah. Because there was a veiled threat of sabotage or spying. Yeah. How ridiculous is that? But see, this is the thing. We say to ourselves, how ridiculous is that? That could never happen again. Oh, and it could does. It? Yeah. And it does. Yep. And it is because I remember, you know, early on in the uh, in the coronavirus epidemic in Chinatown or people, you know, going to Chinese restaurants, they were the first ones that, that people would not go to yeah. because they thought that that's where they were going to catch COVID-19. I mean, come on, <laughs> seriously. Well, it's, it's ignorance and scapegoating on overdrive. Right. You know, something happens and I guess it's some kind of human impulse that we look for somebody to blame. Yes. You know, and the idea that you could blame an entire demographic, you know, for something that somebody, like I said, in a foreign country oversees these people's control right. is utterly ridiculous. Generations removed from the, yeah. the Chinese continent, okay? Yeah. And yet they're getting blamed for this. And if you're one of those people, which normally people on my side of the fence like to refer to American exceptionalism, yeah. okay? Yeah. I tell you what, it's not very exceptional when you're still acting the same way you did in, in virtually colonial times. A hundred years ago. Message! You know? Yeah, quite frankly. We saw the same shit after 9-11 because it was carried out by individuals from the Middle East, okay? Yeah. Everybody that had tan skin that wasn't from Mexico, and in some cases them too, yeah. were looked upon as a possible terrorist. Oh, man, I remember very, very... Very clearly, I was living in Southern California at the time. I was living in L.A. You know, you would think L.A. 
you know, fringe, progressive, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But there were still, you know, truckloads of these fucking idiots, you know, these cracker assholes, you know, driving around waving flags and tormenting, you know, folks, these bombskin folks that, you know, they were they were Americans. They born, raised in America. They pay their taxes. They raise their families. Absolutely. And yet somehow they were held responsible for the fringe acts of, you know, people that they had no association with and no connection with whatsoever. Right. And it was it was frightening. It was and, it and was how are our, our best and brightest minds in the fields of, you know, sociology and community um, outreach organizations, how they haven't found a way to circumvent this knee jerk reaction that we see every single time oh, yeah. something happens like well, this. Well it's it's knee jerk and it's emotional. You know, and, and and some of it's born from fear, which makes people yep. do irrational yep. things. Very much so. And it's born of ignorance, too. Because, yeah. it, like, in particular with the case of Asians, there's, you know, so many different Asian cultures right. that interact uh, in the United States. Yeah. You know, uh, again, you know, you have Japanese, you have Chinese, you have... Yeah. Uh, Filipino Americans, they, they all have Asian. And then the Philippines alone is like what seven hundred islands that make yeah, up the Philippines. Pacific Islanders with a hundred yeah. different dialects. Yeah, you know, I mean, for us, it's easy to pigeonhole and just say, "Well, that's that, and that's that." No, it's not as easy as that, and that's where you occasionally we'll get the old stereotype of the ugly American. Arrogance may not be a uniquely American trait, but I must say, you do it better than anyone. Yeah, surfaces. Yeah. It's frightening because we think we've progressed beyond this, and we haven't. No, no, no. And you know, shit like this comes up, and it's a very, very clear message that no ignorance is still, you know, yeah. an issue. And it leads to—it's not the word you're going to think, but it leads to the N word that I personally despise. <laughs> okay, nativism. Yes. And it's you know, well, I was here longer than you. My family's been here since you know pre-Civil War. Da, da, da. And I happen to be one of those people whose family has been here since the Jamestown settlement. All right. Okay, but I can't stand when somebody assumes because your neighbor looks like they're from the Asian subcontinent, okay, and their last mm-hmm. name is Patel, yeah. that they haven't been here a- as long as your family oh, yeah. has. That's oh, yeah. bullshit in the highest degree. Yeah. Well, little fucking you know lesson for you folks. Unless you're a Native American, at some right. point in time you were a foreigner. <laughs> You yep. know, and you immigrated here, yep. you know, and you, you probably had to deal with ignorance and you probably had to deal with fear and paranoia yep. and whatnot. And, you know, the idea that, you know, your demographic, whatever it is, whether you're Asian or whether you're Italian or whether you're Irish, you know, you got past that. And yet you turn around and you do that to other people. Exactly. You know, yeah. that's 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 pretty sick. You know, these are people that that aren't in touch with their own family histories for real. Yeah. And if you're Irish, you know, dealing with, with signs that say Irish need not apply. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Uh, if you're Italians, which even still happens, you're labeled a, a, a dirty criminal, you yeah. know, and subhuman. Yeah. I mean, God knows all the different stereotypes of Jews and blacks, and it goes on and on and on. But everybody, you know, works to, within a few generations, hopefully, you know, create a different picture of themselves. Yeah, absolutely. But again, like you said, when, when shit goes south for whatever reason, we always do that we same... We snap right back to it. Sh- exactly. Yeah. Like, nothing's changed. Never mind uh, 2021, it could be 1821 again. Yeah. And it's it's upsetting. And you also brought out that these people are such pieces of shit that prey on 
other people because oh, yeah. they're not going to stroll into downtown Chinatown in San Francisco and pick a fight with an Asian. Mm-hmm. They're going to assault some elderly couple that owns a fruit stand somewhere and yeah. knock him out and take the till for the day. Yeah. It's Real just, fucking honorable. Right. Real, really something to be proud of. You know? Unreal. It, it, it's trash. I mean, there's, there's definitely theories involved with uh, this level of ignorance. You know, the dictate that, you know, to some degree, you know, everybody is racist. Everybody's a little leery of somebody that doesn't look like them. Um, but, you know, you'd like to think that intelligence, you know, would overcome that kind of thing, that you right. would fight against that thing, you would deny that thing. But, yeah, as soon as we get a jolt of fear, as soon as we get a jolt of uncertainty, yeah. you know, we snap right back to that bullshit. Now, you're the kind of person who believes in the uh, the better angels' human nature. <laughs> I like to. It's it's difficult from day to day, but sure. I like to, yeah. And I'm an unabashed um, human apologist because I just expect the worst from everyone. And I I've believe that, that if, yes. you, if you put... You know, the two the last two people on Earth in the same room for fifteen minutes, they'll find a way to differentiate to kill from each, each other. other. Right, <laughs> yeah. and I think you know, I'm fun fact. I'm one eighth Yugoslavian. Okay. okay, and people say that's maybe where the temper comes from. <laughs> but there's a perfect example. Sorry, of the you people. can't tell. I can't. T- I can't tell from looking <laughs> and those at those Slavic that, yeah. countries. They will find any excuse to differentiate themselves from their neighbor and kill them. Yeah, it's just been going on for thousands of years. The most, mind, whether it's religion, border disputes, bloodlines, gypsy shit, you name it. Yeah, you know, and they're they're pushing people in mass graves to this very day. Yeah, it's a it's a shit show. Yeah, it's a, and this is what humans do. They're violent, ugly, just yeah. Animals. Yeah, well, it's it's <laughs> it's it seems to all come down to tribalism. Yes. You know, how do we overcome that? How do we how do we move forward? World from that? wars. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, the, that's the only time you get to have some normally some little period of detente is after this shit blows up. Yeah. And Lord knows we're getting due, you know. And maybe a lot of this, you know, the uh, the treatment towards Asian Americans isn't completely the incident in Wuhan, whether it was or wasn't the cause of COVID-19, yeah. we're also digesting a steady stream of uh, news reports daily from all the different channels yeah. about the boogeyman that is communist China. Oh, sure. Okay? Oh, sure. And I think as Americans, we're always somewhat, you can call it awe, fear, mistrust of Asia because the culture is so different than yeah. ours, yeah. drastically different. Yeah. That that in and of itself breeds mistrust, and it's something that we're kind of afraid of because, to quote Boss Maroney from Batman Begins, you always fear what you don't understand. You don't understand. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. I was I was thinking exactly that, and it's it's true, you know. Yeah. And this stuff just adds on. So now you're looking at like your neighbors, and you see, you see the body count on one half of the TV. You switch the channel, then you got. Uh, China rushing up against our, our naval ships and off of South right. China Sea, right. yeah. it just kind of never stops and it just keeps perpetuating this stuff. Now, it's not as easy to hate on Russians anymore because they're such a part of the American tapestry, right. multi generational as well as recent immigrants. Sure, they sure. kind of stay in their part of town, everyone else stays in their part. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it still makes the Asians an easy target. It does unfortunately make Indians and Pakistanis an easy target because yep. they stand out. Oh yeah, and know? people don't differentiate because people don't. are fucking stupid. But if you put an Indian and a Pakistani in the same room, they will kill each other. Okay, <laughs> but to Americans, we're like, eh, we hate them both. You yeah. know, and yeah. you give them both a hard time. We don't care. Funny but how that works, isn't it? It is. But if you talk to an Indian or a Pakistani, they will tell you all the evils of the other one yeah. and how they're pieces of shit. But but they're okay, yeah. you know? Yeah, funny how that works. <laughs> so like people are just the same all over. Well, they, they, they continually disappoint you, right? you know? Right. It's, it's really easy in good times to be altruistic yep. and to be open-minded and, and, you know, to be uh, open-armed as far as, like, you know, inviting other cultures into sure. your backyard and whatnot. But it seems like as soon as the shit goes down, yep. that goes right out the window. That whole tablet and that whole speech that's written on the Statue of Liberty said me you're tired, you're poor, you're huddled masses, <laughs> yearning to be free. Yep. She puts a book cover on that once, you know, things yeah. start going yeah. south. Which, you know, again, we've already got another immigrant crisis on, on the south border now. Yep. And nobody can really successfully blame it on anybody because now they've both had their hands in the mess oh, yeah. and they see that it is, in fact, still a mess. Yep. What do you do with these people? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean. You know, and then on top of that, you have politicians and political parties stoking fear. Yes. You know, we always have to have a boogeyman of some kind, yep. you know, and if we can ascribe that to one particular demographic, all the better, sure. you know. I mean, you go back to uh, the marijuana wars, mm-hmm. you know, the 1930s, you know, and how we, uh, the Hearst Empire, the Hearst Media Empire. Such you a know, corrupt juggernaut if there ever was Oh, one. yeah. You know, they had all their money and they had all their investments in paper stock, you know, and they did not want to deal with hemp, mm-hmm. you know, which was a viable alternative too. So they demonized Mexicans. You know, Mexicans were, you know, pot smokers, you know. Zoot suit wearing, womanizers. Yeah. And, you know, they were going to smoke weed and rape the white girls. And I've seen the Tex Avery cartoons. Oh, yeah. It's incredible, you know, that this is this is part of our history. Yeah. You know, as as America, as Americans. And, you know, it was completely unfounded and completely ridiculous. And yet people, I don't know, they somehow glom onto these things and run with them, you know, quite more, or I should say, most likely past whatever expectations were for the idiot that planted the seed to begin with. Right. You know? But here's the kicker at the end of the day. Where we're at right now with such a woke society... Ugh, Jesus. None... I mean, and, and we rail against this in episodes of The Thing. We yell at each other. And, oh, yeah. I mean, none of that even means shit. Because, again, once the next thing happens, like... This shooting spree of these massage parlors yep. in Georgia. Okay, yep. now details are still coming out, but one of the first things to come out was affidavits by this young man's friends. Which, not for nothing, he's from Georgia. He's got three names. He owns guns. Psycho. <laughs> next, next on the docket. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Order him to court. But no, his his friends are already coming out and saying that he would tell them he had a sexual addiction to these rub and tugs he would go to, yep. and he hated himself for it because he tried to think of himself as a religious person, and he didn't know how to parse this and get around it. He was oh, yeah. failing massively. Can you imagine the demons this idiot was was right? wrestling with? So yeah. this is why, and this is why they're they're saying that it's not a hate crime as much as it is a a 
sociopathic act because this guy was was losing his grip on things and the yep. pressures that he put on himself. Yep. But mainstream media doesn't want to tell it that way. No, absolutely they not. Want it, and now you got the president and the vice president flying around a country, meeting with all these Asian leaders. And again, it's a waste of gas because we know the next time something else takes hold, some other instance... We're going to turn right around and look at Asians like they're Ming the Merciless again. Oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and if it's know, not them, it's going to be some other ethnicity. Well, you know, in, in a lot of ways, you're right. With the media, it's does it fit into the narrative? Right. You know, does it fit into the fear-mongering that, you know, we want to perpetuate? Yep. And unfortunately, fear has been a very, very big business in this country for a very long time. Yeah. You know, people make a shit ton of money based on fear. It it's, really and it's, it's not even just that. It's, it's what's juicy enough. What story is juicy enough to tell? Now, it's come out in recent years, and forgive me, I forget the young lady's name, the uh, African-American woman that helped get us to the moon because she tabulated all these calculations, pages and pages of algorithms. She was like light years ahead of everybody else in the mathematics department. Yeah. And she's finally getting her due yeah. for that. Okay. Right. Uh, we recently had the passing of Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yep. Again, a pioneer, a great woman in the, in the judicial system. Oh, yeah. Broke a lot of ground. Right. And it's a much juicier story, apparently, than poor Sandra Day O'Connor, who's sitting home in dementia okay, yeah. and can't conduct interviews. Oh, yeah. And I saw the other day that somebody is finally looking at her as far as telling a story and make me, you know, maybe having a movie about sure. that. Sure. The media is so selective because at the end of the day, it's it's about entertainment. It's not oh, yeah. news, oh, yeah. and it's about how much money and ad revenue can we generate. Message. Well, that's unfortunately where the news media has evolved to. I mean, you and I are both old enough to remember when once upon a time the agenda of the news media was to form the the electorate, right? You know, and it's become a for profit business. When we created the twenty four hour news cycle back in the nineteen eighties, the idea of informing people as opposed to Entertaining people and and getting those hits, getting those obvious those audience numbers, yep. completely went out the window. You know, so you got to you know if you're a, a news consumer in the United States, you have to take the narrative into account for what it is. Yeah, you know, and you got to be smart enough to see through it. And I miss the days when you had three channels telling you the same boring ass shit oh, every I night know. from seven to seven thirty. There was common ground <laughs> on what was and what was not. Right? Yeah. This is the news. Suck it. I mean, that's what they should have said. <laughs> Because it was like good or bad, they all just tell you how it was. Oh yeah, well that's how sexy it up Walter at all. Walter Cronkite always ended his broadcast. Right, was, that's the way it was. Yep, you know, and it was what was in in interesting. Taking what Walter used to do with what's going on now, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of his broadcast, you kind of felt like you could switch it off. Yeah, you know, the news was done for the day. Yep. You know, I could turn it over to whatever was running. Now it's time for happy days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and now it's like, no, stay tuned for this. Stay tuned for that. You know, right. we're on a 24-hour news cycle now. You can't, you can't disconnect. You can't go away. You might miss something. Right. You know, and the vast majority of things that are going on in the world right now, you have absolutely no control over. Not. And your input isn't wanted or desired, and it wouldn't make any difference anyway. Right. You know, but they perpetuate this myth that, you know, you've got to be dialed in on this shit. Right, because these professional writers that they have... They're very good at their job. Aren't they, though? And they can make it seem like whatever's going on in Guam right now affects <laughs> you directly. So you better be aware and take a yeah, side. Yeah, you better pay attention. Right? Yeah. And oh, by the way, you know, here's the deadly menace lurking in your kid's fucking school bathroom. At 11. Yeah, at <laughs> I mean, 11. It's 1030. You're like, yeah, holy you're shit. You're going to have to wait for this. because This is in your house and it could kill you tonight. At 11. <laughs> I know. <laughs> 
And I, Jesus, people need to be aware of this shit. Yeah. You know, they really do. And people need, you know, getting back to the original topic of hate crimes. Mm-hmm. You know, people have to be aware of the media, you know, creating boogeymen. Yeah. And, and be smarter than that. Yeah. You know, be a little bit more dialed in than and, that. And be, you know, I tell people, even at work, I mean, scammers and people that are up to no good are not going to walk into your life with a top hat and an oiled mustache ready to tie <laughs> you to the train tracks. If only it was that Watch easy. Watch out for the subtleties, yeah. and you'll avoid a lot of life's pitfalls. Oh, absolutely. Speaking absolutely. of life's pitfalls, yes. we done did it again. It, it's that so. trench after the... I think t- we need to jump on out of this. <laughs> that trench after the main topic, man, we do it every time. Oh, it's like a man. trademark. And more and more often, the gems of the rescue. You know, yes. The gems to the rescue to get us the fuck out of this. And visualize, if you will. Uh, do you remember a Chuck Norris movie, uh, name of... What was it? Lone Wolf McQuaid. Chuck, no, I'm, I'm having 80s flashbacks yes. now. You're bringing he was me a, back. He was with David Carradine in this one. Carradine was in David Carradine right, plays a right. drug dealer. And uh, Chuck Norris has his great uh, Ford Bronco with a 351 turbocharged Cleveland engine in it. Nice. And the drug dealers kind of punch him up a little bit and bury him in his sheriff's vehicle <laughs> in, this, in this Ford Bronco. Yep. Uh, and then he wakes up in this ditch covered with dirt. Pops a cold one. How it's still cold, I don't know. <laughs> Pops a cold one, turns on the truck, which, of course, turns over. Right. And just through basically sheer will, because I don't know how you're going to get traction when you're buried in the ground, punches it and out, out of the ground like a bat out of hell is Chuck Norris, Lone Wolf McQuaid, in his Ford Bronco. Okay. That was so, the 1980s, folks, right there. Right in there. In a nutshell. Yeah, in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah. His collar may have been popped. I don't know. <laughs> So I've drawn that picture for you, and this is now us coming out of the trench after the first segment. Talk about your long-winded metaphors. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But it was good. It was good. good. I enjoyed that, Johnny. And it's going to work as it leads into our subtopic for today. So for right now, be it known, this is The Fix with One Thing Leads to Another, and we'll be right back with some things.
Texas. I had some serious flashbacks on that one. They talk about Heart of the 80s. That's a little new wave action from probably 1984. I'm thinking I, I so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not, a, not a whole lot of work for them, but hey, we all remember the song, <laughs> so good for them. And it was, you know, we picked it because, as we head into the uh, subtopic, um, Maybe it's about being on the run. Maybe it's about the deck one card at a time. One thing leads to another. Against the you, the right. title of the song, I think, <laughs> really, really dictates it. And you Yeah, know, maybe I'm looking uh, too much into it. I've yeah. been hanging around with you too long talking about music. <laughs> well, if you look at the lyrics to the tune, it, yep. it really lends itself to that theme. So and that, it that looks like a duck and quacks like a duck. Sometimes it is, in fact, a duck. A duck, yeah, right. Yeah. But no, very, very appropriate for the next segment that we're, uh, we're going to exactly. dive into here. Especially when you say maybe just because it's something, it really is something. I think it's time for another episode of... It depends on how you look at it. When someone says it's not you, it's me, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. We haven't done this in a while. No, we have not. We have not. So, for those of you who are new to this segment, uh, affectionately known as it depends how you look at it, I will ask uh, Michael Sean Lee. He was going to play the role of the everyman in the street. <laughs> and I'm going to hit him with a simple question, a quandary. Is it this or is it that? You know? Yeah. And he's going to give us his two cents. I might chime in too, and then we move on to the next one. We got three questions, which is normally how we do it. I think so. All yeah. right. Let's have some fun with this. All right. Let's have some fun with this. So All the right. first question is Deshaun Watson. Oh. Bad guy sent packing or superstar suffering character fracking? You know, um, I have some questions. Sure. I, so I do the authorities, some, apparently. Have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have some uh, suspicions about uh, Mr. Watson, Mr. Watson's uh, situation, uh-huh. uh, so to speak. It just, it's one of those things where the timing yeah. is very, very questionable. You know, he's making a lot of noise down in Houston. He wants to get out. You know, he's not sure. liking the organization. And if you've ever been in Houston in, say, August, you'll know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and suddenly these things come up um, out of nowhere, seemingly. Yeah. You know, as far as I can tell, this guy isn't even, like, pulled a ticket for jaywalking. Yep. You know, he's not a controversial figure by any stretch. You know, None. it's not like he got into trouble in college or any of that kind of shit. Right. Um, he's got... a just astounding contract yep. uh, to play for Houston, for the Texans. And he's wanting out, and then suddenly these things come up to... Derail know, that, kind of. De- yeah, very, very <laughs> much so. Derail his value on the trade market. Yep. And, uh, you know, you got to be careful of this, obviously, in this day and age. You know, anytime somebody accuses somebody else of sexual impropriety, you know, God forbid you don't give it its full... Uh, consideration and whatnot. Sure. But still, it seems kind of out of the blue on this guy. It does. And and the, the biggest thing is, I mean, there's extenuating circumstances like this lawyer that represents all these women. Busby. Busby. I believe <laughs> you know. Scumbag. Uh, lives in close proximity or yeah, has some relation to... Houston attorney. Scumbag. Right. Mm. And uh, the, the, the thing that me that sticks out like a sore thumb is that these are all civil cases. No criminal charges have ever been filed. Coming out of the woodwork. Right. You will never find... The more wretched hive of scum and villainy. All at once, no less. Yeah, and it's like, you know, who is this guy? Mario Cuomo? Oh, yeah, callback, nice. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I, I just the timing of it is terribly suspicious. Yeah, you know, not not to be unwoke or anything like sure. that. But but hey, this is our show. We could do whatever we want. <laughs> so I'll be the bad guy. I'll be the ogre with a bone through my nose. All I right. hope that's not offending right. anybody. Um, and just so yeah, I think the whole thing's bullshit. Honestly. And it, it's, it reeks. It absolutely reeks. You know, it truly I, does. I tell friends of mine, because believe it or not, some of my friends are a little naive. Are they really? Yeah. Go no figure. Kidding. Yeah. Um, and it, I, I hearken back to something that happened. It wasn't more than two years ago. And I, I forget the individual, but it was someone that had spoken out against Jerry Jones, I think okay. it was. All right. And Who's an asshole? Yeah, right. By all rights, everybody yeah. kind of accepts that. He's but, a vintage Texas asshole. But like all of these NFL owners, in particular, not the slight baseball and basketball owners, but NFL owners are all bazillionaires. Okay, yes, they, are. they truly are. And it would be naive of us to think that they all made this money off of a lemonade stand on their parents' front lawn. Okay? Well, you just you just <laughs> hit the nail on the head. It would be naive of us. Naive. You know, I mean. It, Again, going back to Deshaun Watson's situation. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let me finish the, the Jerry oh, Jones yeah, thing. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So within like two weeks of this cat speaking out against Jerry Jones, video footage surfaces of this guy in a restaurant somewhere throwing N-bombs around the room. Oh, no shit. Wow. And, you know, the first time I heard it, I was like, well, obviously Jerry Jones paid somebody to get this this footage or he had had it. For the long, and actually, I think it was on another NFL owner yep. because they were lining up against him because of his stance with the uh, standing or the kneeling, rather, right, right. of the national anthem. Yep. And I forget which owner it was, but it, it was. It was a prominent owner. Yep. And this surfaces like the next week. <laughs> and it just put in stark relief that you would be naive to think that probably at least half of these owners haven't ordered the deaths of multiple people <laughs> because that's the kind of money. I mean, even Bob Kraft. That's, that's, that's the zone they play in. Man. Right. Yeah, even absolutely. Bob Kraft, God yeah. bless him. He's like New England's grandpa. Great. Yeah. But don't forget, you know, the sponsor, I guess you could call it, of the Hall of Fame at Patriot Place sure. is Raytheon, who builds missiles yep. to kill people. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. This isn't the Boy Scouts. Yep. <laughs> well, most people don't play in this particular arena. Right. Most people can't even relate to this particular arena. Can't even arena, fathom it. Right. You know? The idea that maybe some of these accusations are derivative, uh-huh. most people can't relate to that. Right. Most people can't relate to a world where people make accusations to make money. This is one of the things that Deshaun's attorney brought up. Mm-hmm. You know, he very, very politically... Uh, he'll be dead in a week. Yeah, yeah really. <laughs> he very politically correctly brought up that, you know, accusations of this sort, you know, need to be heard. They need to be addressed. They need mm-hmm. to be taken seriously. But also, you know, for people in Deshaun's world, which most of us can't even fucking relate to, um, these accusations come out from people who are looking to make a little money. Right. You know, who are, who are you know, looking to be paid, you know, a hundred grand to go away. So your stance as every man in the street... Uh, is he a bad guy sin packing or a superstar suffering character fracking? <sighs> you know, it, I'm going to copyright character fracking, by the way. <laughs> that was very good. I like that. I like that. The fact of the matter is the vast majority of, vast majority of us are never going to know. You know, we, we can't. Oh, take a stand. Take a stand. Your gut. What does your gut tell you? 
my gut tells me that the timing on this is very suspicious. Fair enough. Very suspicious. All right. You know, and I'll leave it at that. All you right. Know? See, that was, God that forbid, was challenging. Now, you want to take some uh, vodka? You okay? <laughs> God forbid we provoke the woke orthodoxy. But uh, And all of this is on the record. You're yeah, so it's screwed. Just, it just suddenly comes out now. <laughs> you know? I just, I question it. I question the validity of it. I truly do. All right. Fair enough. All well, right. here's number two. Sip some vodka. You're going to need it. I'm good. All right. Bill Maher. You know Bill Maher. You're a big fan of his, right? Yes, I am. Taking a stand against cancel culture or seizing an opportunity to be a ratings vulture? A little bit of both. A little bit of both. Um, I think he's one of the most prominent figures uh, to wave the warning flag against woke orthodoxy and the damage that it's doing. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he's not the only one. He's just the most prominent one. Right. You know, if you if you well, he's, Google... he's the snarkiest. <laughs> and and that's, that's the best way to he put may, it. He may very well be. He's like he's he's good at snark. He is. Yes, he is. But there are an awful lot of people that are that are waving the warning flag. You know, Barry Weiss is one of them, the former New York mm -hmm. Times columnist. Uh, there are a lot of people that are that are like saying, "Look out!" You know, this is a monster that's bearing down on us. Right. Um, Bill may be the most prominent one. He may have the biggest soapbox and whatnot, but he's certainly not the only one. I think he's somebody that the, the right would like to trade up for. You know, like yeah. we'll, we'll give you. Well, yeah, we don't have that many, so we don't want to trade <laughs> them away so quickly. Uh, I, I tell you what, I'll, I'll give you Ben Shapiro. Yeah, and you guys can give us Bill Maher. Uh, and I need at least one late night comedian to be named later. Probably Conan. We'll take Conan eh. and Bill Maher, and you can have Ben Shapiro. I'm not so sure. He I'm wears give the up Conan. I might give you. I might give you Seth. I might give you. Seth. We don't want Seth. No, fuck him. Seth? No, he's, no. He's, he's damaged. Is he? He's oh, damaged. Shit. He'll never okay. play for me. All right. All right. <laughs> well, yeah. It's 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 definitely a situation where there are a lot of people sounding sounding the the, the warning like yeah. look out. You know, this shit is out of control. But I just like the way he does it because he's so matter-of-fact about it. And it's as he's, you know, he's saying it on his show, which, of course, the intent is to entertain. Yep. And as an entertainer, as well as a social observer, he's been doing this a long time, yep. he sees how ridiculous this is. Well, he goes <laughs> back and forth between being liberal and being libertarian. Yes, yes. And, uh, and it's an interesting thing to watch from week to week. You know which direction Bill's right. going to go in and what. Well, that boat is rocking, and he's also a minority owner of the New York Mets. Ah, again, another reason okay. I want to turn him to my okay. side so I can okay. get all my my ducks in a row, so to speak. <laughs> little full disclosure action on right. that one. So okay, your good. your official stance on that is a little bit of both. Um, I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. Right, you I can mean, only he's, use that once. That's he's got a, a he's out. got a good point, but he's also got a good soapbox. He does. Yeah, he does. And you know, if I could, uh, if yeah, well, if I could add something to that, um, he's been talking about. He's really, you know, the last what two episodes of the show, he's, he's at least talked about the cancel culture. Um, well, he and joked it, around about the last show, like I don't want to end every show as exactly, being the guy who's exactly. like, ranting about. So then, culture. allow me to add something else to that pile. There's there's a new concept out there called digital blackface. Are you familiar with this? I've heard of it. It's gaining steam, and now, quote-unquote, scholars are describing it and giving it even more steam. Okay. I, I will preface this by saying what I've heard about it is right. a load of shit. Oh, anyway, total, total. Please continue. And maybe this is why you're not 
really savvy with it because this it lives in the uh, in the medium of social media, which I know you're not a big fan of. Not at all. But basically, um, it stems from it, it. It erupted after Oprah had interviewed Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. Okay. You've been talking about the Queen again. Because these little things called memes that people do and post online, I've shown you some of mine. Yes, yes, you're, you're, you're <laughs> they a would big screen capture. I am a provocateur yes. extraordinaire. <laughs> they would they would capture the surprised and incredulous expressions of Oprah whenever the royal couple would drop one of their bombshells. Right. Okay. Okay. So people were posting these, like the six faces of Oprah and whatnot, all over online the next yes, day for yes. entertainment purposes. Sure. And then somebody did a little digging, and they oh, saw no. that there's always Here somebody. We go. They saw that Meghan McCain, daughter, yep. Yep. John Markle, McCain, right? Markle. from oh, The View. Oh, Meghan McCain. Okay. Yeah. All right. Had used on Twitter her last six animated gifts that she did were all of uh, African-American women, personalities on TV and reality shows, giving wild, animated, incredulous faces and expressions and whatnot. Oh, my God. Somewhat, I mean, looking at it from 30,000 feet. Oh, my God. Very stereotypical. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking Al Jolson. Oh. I'm thinking Sambo. Oh, God, that white bitch. Right. Out. Exactly. Yes. And the thing was then spawned that they say digital blackface Eesh. is white folks expressing themselves in social media with still images and animated GIFs. I'm, I'm smelling of, the reek of woke orthodoxy yeah, behind this. Completely. Yeah, completely. How about for order a rib? And, yeah, I mean, me personally, I'm calling total bullshit on this because yeah. uh, without getting too far into it, I had mentioned to you an example, uh, Popeye's chicken, okay? Yeah. They make it a point to be the African-American fast food chain, which right. in and of itself is fine. If that's the target demographic, exactly. Sure. Okay, and that's why they've got a black spokeswoman. Mm -hmm. Okay, her name is Anne, by the way. Okay, good to know. <laughs> and she's very sassy. Okay, and her her body language and her nomenclature is all very sassy. Okay, yeah. Hush puppies, honey. Any still images or animations of Anne would count as this blackface. All right. Okay. It's kind of silly. Yep. We're not talking the old Warner Brothers frog. Okay. Dave Chappelle <laughs> used to make fun of it. Hello, my baby. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, that, that's very Jolson-esque. I yep. get it. Yeah. Yeah. So now we can't even use celebrities. Like, what's next? I can't do an animated gif of Denzel's tear in the movie Glory when he's mm. getting whipped. Yeah. What no. if I'm trying to make a point? <laughs> Just saying. Okay. So keep an eye out for that, folks. It's on the radar and it's yeah. coming. To a, a woke festival near you, <laughs> digital blackface. I hope I didn't go too far astray there. Uh, because we got one more question for you. Bullshit me to win in the red on that one. Into the red. Yeah. I love it there. Okay. All right. Who dragged it out better, Zack Snyder or Dan Snyder? What the fuck is with Dan <laughs> Snyder and the Washington football team? Well, let's, let's. What is what is this guy waiting for to pull the trigger? Let's throw that out Come there. Come up I with a fucking team have a name. Disclaimer. What's wrong with you? Hold on, we should have a disclaimer. Zack Snyder, of course, the director of Justice League, or the yep. original director, and his yep. Zack Snyder cut, having been released on HBO. It's four hours long, so that is what it is. Yep. Then you got Dan Snyder, the owner of the Washington football team. Who I'm going to be less sympathetic to <laughs> than it would be Because to it's, Zach Snyder. it's still called the Washington what the football fuck team. What is he waiting for? I think he's doing scorched earth. You he think? don't want to call that team anything. Hmm. And he's, only, he's just making people suffer because he is that 
singular kind of asshole. Well, he he may be so <laughs> tone deaf that no no matter what he comes up with, yep. he's seeing like nasty ass shit coming back. And at this him. is why I say that because one of our highest rated episodes we've done out of by the way, this is number sixty one. Oh my goodness, was the one entitled Snyder's Last Stand, <laughs> right? Well, you it's know, still in the top ten. Put yourself in this guy's position. He's fucking tone deaf. Completely. Okay? Yes. He's completely insulated Doesn't from reality. Doesn't know dick about football because they haven't won under him, period. Yeah, I know. Kind of curious, isn't it? Right. Yeah. He doesn't know which direction to take it. You yep. know, every every direction to him looks bad. <laughs> no matter what he does, no matter what you know stand he takes, no matter what decision he makes, he's going to catch hell. Yeah. So I'm just not going to do anything. I'm not going to make a move. And that's apparently you know? what they're doing because it was supposed to be... They almost lamented that they weren't going to have a name in time for last season. Yeah. But everybody kind of assumed, myself included, that clearly by the time camp broke this year in the spring, they were going to have a name for that team. Come up with something. They don't. And I can't imagine how much money he's losing in merchandising because you can't merchandise the Washington Washington football football team team. with no logo, with, with nothing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you put on a bumper sticker? I think he's he's too insulated. He he's surrounded by a bunch of yes idiots. Yes. And he can't he can't make a decision to save his life. Well we're waiting. You know. Because yeah, it's gone on a little bit too long in his case. You know, in Zack Snyder's situation, I fully understand it. I, I totally do. And he finally popped with the movie. It's out there. It's out there. You know? And I tell you what, I, uh, you know, me, I'm a DC Comics fan. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I yeah. saw a lot more positives and negatives in it. It is much better than the original one they put out. Nice. That's a story for another day. Yeah. Maybe a movie review segment or some shit like that. Yeah. I don't know. All right. So if you had but, to Yeah, choose... what the fuck is wrong with Zack Snyder, you know, is, is how I would respond to that. Tell this guy to get his head out of his you ass. You mean Dan Snyder. Be a man. Dan, excuse me, Dan Snyder. You right. are correct. Get your head out of your ass. Make a fucking decision. Be a man. Move on. Right now, spotlight on you. Gun to your head. What do you call the team? Hmm. You could call them the Washington anythings. <laughs> you know? Anything. Again, that's... Anything, What the dude. fuck is a logo Pick for that look like? something out, you know? The Washington... <laughs> Freaking ragamuffins. I don't know. The Washington raccoons. So you're saying we should Say have a picture something. of a Rastafarian on the, on the helmet? That would be so cool. <laughs> that would be so fucking cool. You know? Well, they're already red because they're blazing up with ganja, right? Yeah. Uh, see I'm how saying, easy it is, folks? You know, stand up, be a man, make a decision. You I know, agree. And, and, and take whatever you know repercussions come with that. You know? But you could name them any one of a million fucking things. Truth. You know, yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this, but like Hulu's got a documentary coming out about like Bigfoot attacks up in Northern California. So I hear. Have yep. you heard about that? Yep. Yeah. Call them the fucking Washington Sasquatch. Who gives a shit? Well, soon, make a make a decision, dude. Come if on. your people have their way, soon Washington D.C. will be a state. That opens I'm, up a yeah. whole plethora of, totally of possible. Does. <laughs> totally does. I mean. <laughs> You know, like I said, make a decision, any decision, yeah. and, and and take the heat or not, yeah. you know, and go from there. I agree. You know, you're a gazillionaire, you know, what the fuck, dude? Come on. Because <laughs> sometimes in life you got to take a chance, you got to gamble. That's the way life is. That's how life is. And yes. I tell you what, let's jump straight from that All right. into our third gem of the day. I think we should. Speaking of gambling and rambling and you name it, <laughs> how about some early, like, Bob Seger from 1969, you know, rambling, gambling man. You know, this is this is a moment because Johnny has a way of convincing me 
that certain acts I don't particularly like have merit with certain songs. Not a huge Bob Seger fan, but this tune, this tune I totally love. I totally dig this tune. So let's do it. Fair enough, Dan. Here you go, All folks. Right. Strap this on. We'll be right back. tune <laughs> i tell you it's like the organ's playing yep. the backup singers it, yep. it's raw almost yep. like he's, he's singing into a that pa 69 right yeah yeah man there's something about the production you know that 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 they were doing yeah. at that time that just that song's gonna be ringing in my head for the next week I'm yeah sure. and it's, it's one of those I'm gonna be humming that it. i'm gonna be singing it you know are you familiar with the sonics yeah okay now i like the sonics and i love the, the, the feel and the rhythm and the tempo of their music they're too much into the whole PA sound, okay, and it's it's abrasive. You can't listen to a lot of it, right. okay. But in the case of this in particular song that that Seeger did, it works because it's not too heavy on the PA sound, but yeah, you definitely get a, 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 a that feeling of it being in front of a live audience. Sure, absolutely. Yep. So there's sometimes yep. where that works, sometimes where it doesn't. Yeah. That's my two well, cents in this, on that. In this particular case, I think it worked. It was yeah, tasty. we're rocking out to it. Yeah, good yeah, driving we, too. We it makes you want to go fast. It totally does. It totally does. <laughs> nice. So anyway, anywho, what's going on in Big Boom Radio this oh, week? Oh, you and your accusational yes, questions. Yes. Well, I tell you what. Still recording, keeping busy, keeping everything fresh. Okay. You know, because 2021, I am pumping out new material all the time. Nice, and not just me. You're keeping busy with the Blitzkrieg Bop yeah, Show. Yeah, having some fun. Tula's back in the mix. She's sending me suggestions and ideas. 
God bless him. You know, Sir Nigel, who's been on sabbatical for about a month now. Yes, he's back yes. and he's doing his thing. Good. So, yeah, we're firing on all cylinders. And I decided, you know, earlier this week to kind of do some house cleaning in Big Boom Radio okay. Studios, yep, yep. especially the podcast area. So it has to happen from time to time. Right. It we're does. making space so we can kind of like, you know, stretch out and everything. Yes. I took all the monitors, put them on the wall. I noticed that. It's kind of funky in the new studio. Right. It is. Going Bluetooth with everything because the less wires, the better. Let's hear it for technology, you know, man. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Who wants to do this thing and get, you know, three sheets of the wind and then trip over a mic cord <laughs> on the way out, yeah, right? Yeah, That'll be yeah. our, our story on Behind the Music. Yeah, no doubt. Until that day when <laughs> Havoc struck. And there's me. I said, Mike, are you okay? And, and he wasn't even answering. That's when I knew he was dead. <laughs> something to look forward to. There, something to look forward right. to. We yeah. need our own episode of Behind the Music. I think we do. We're getting I mean, there. We're right? definitely getting there. 61 episodes of this shit. If people don't know us by now. Oh, and the shit going on behind the scenes, people have no idea. Message. I refuse no to live in a world where people know the Captain and Tennille more than they know Johnny Teflon and Michael <laughs> Sean Lee. There's some kind of injustice there. There's no story there. There's no story there at all. <laughs> you know, but come home. Come here. Muskrat love my ass. I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Well, that is our show for this week. Thank you for taking this warped journey with us. Yeah. As always, I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. Message. <laughs>